Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Market Agility Podcast. This is Frank Days, your host today. This is the place where we talk regularly with marketers about the application of Agile and other progressive marketing management techniques to address the needs of a real-time, agile, social, fast-moving marketing world. Uh, new intro, Roland. How was that for a different one? <laughs> that was great. I'm trying to, trying to mix it up a little bit. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. I have the most beautiful tax return in the world. But the intro, I don't know. <laughs> well, Frank, super happy to have a great guest with us today. So Barry Hardy, who's joining us from CMG Partners, where she's an associate partner of strategy and marketing performance. And Barry, I understand that from our conversations that you have a particular focus on helping your customers implement Agile in their organizations. And I'm also happy to say that you and I are going to be able to share the stage together at Scott Brinker's upcoming MarTech conference in San Francisco. And Scott was actually just on our podcast with us. So we're looking forward to continuing that great conversation with you on the podcast and of course at MarTech. So with that, welcome, Barry. Thank Thanks you, great to be here. Let me kick it off with uh, a question for you. And I'd love, so my, my background, as you know, is I spent a lot of my career in the startup world, but these days I find myself at Oracle, which is a really giant enterprise company. And there are different teams inside of Oracle that are implementing Agile. It really started in our product management organization, but then there's some teams sprinkled out through the marketing group. I have some teams in my group that are implementing Agile. Some of the marketing operations groups are implementing Agile. But it's not something that's pervasive or scaled through the organization yet. And I know you've had experience through your work at CMG Partners working with a bunch of different enterprises that have been trying to scale Agile and they've taken different approaches. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your experience, what's working, what have you seen not work, and hopefully this will provide our listeners with some great information that they can take back home to their, to their work. Yeah, sound, sounds great. So yes, I, I think most companies start the way that you're describing, which is applying Agile in, in one area and, and seeing how it performs over time for them. A lot of the organizations that we've worked with, that area typically is digital. So we'll see the digital teams as the early adopters in those organizations, seeing the benefits that Agile can bring to the organization. And then usually the marketing leadership is looking to figure out how to achieve those same benefits across the organization. So we've worked with several companies, you know, to help them kind of scale Agile within their organization. The, the challenges, I think, that you'd expect, right, are that you've still got to have a way for all of these teams and all of the agile benefits to be seen and realized across the organization. There needs to still be that same integration that you have in the traditional way of working. And it becomes even more complicated with agile, mostly because as you've got teams off kind of working in their sprints every two weeks and delivering, there's interdependencies across the teams that maybe don't exist on the software side of the world that are really important to make sure that you are sharing learnings, seeing across the organization and understanding where new, new problems might be arising. So for example, groups that are shared services that are being leveraged by multiple points of the organization, having a 
way to understand where the priorities need to live and how those groups should be thinking about the work that's coming into them from the other Agile teams. So that's one of the things that we see often when they're, when they're working to scale. The biggest thing, though, is figuring out the right structure. And I think this is where there's been a lot of different models that have been adopted and where there's been some really great lessons learned. My perspective and what I've seen that, that has worked really well within organizations is trying to structure your agile teams around the business problems you're trying to solve. So I don't know if you experience this, Roland, where you are, where where you've got kind of more of your functional teams operating in agile. As you look to scale, I actually believe that there's more benefit and and we've seen it with with our clients that going cross-functional and really putting together those cross-functional teams, agile teams to solve business problems is where you get the really accelerated performance that I think most organizations are looking for today. And it brings together the right people to really tackle the customer experience challenge that agile is so great at solving. And it allows you to really kind of harness the power of your people to be able to drive at the business objectives that you're trying to achieve with marketing. So I'll I'll give you an example. Financial services company that we're working with has structured their teams around solving a retention problem with their insurance product. They've structured another agile team around driving a superior end-to-end customer experience with one of their core products, their retirement product portfolio. These are teams that are comprised of distribution and customer experience and marketing professionals that are aligning those groups in a way that I don't think traditional models do. Sitting underneath those layers are a bunch of kind of shared service agile teams that these folks tap into as needed for expertise on creative or expertise on social media, for example. So that gives you an example of a a model. It took a lot of time to design it because the organization really wanted to figure out how to design to solve the challenges that they were having, which really centered around integration, customer focus, and making sure that they were removing the things that were slowing them down. Part of that was the siloed approach that they were working. Well, you know, sorry, sorry, back when you spoke at the Boston Agile Marketing Meetup, it was interesting. You, You had used some language that I liked, something around organizing by the way you work or, and it's kind of similar to what you just stated. And I think, I, I, I saw that and I completely agreed with you on that mentally is when I, I work mostly in venture funded startups, but when my team starts to get big, we often think about what's our approach to the market and how do we organize. So if it's verticals or if it's by where you are in the sales cycle, trying to think, and that's when you talked about it that way, I hadn't thought of it as, yeah, cause I think the obvious functional silos and having a digital team and having the comms team and having the enablement team, you know, having it that way seems kind of obvious, but I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I guess people are still trying to figure it out. And I liked that kind of suggestion around organizing around retention or superior user experience. It kind of aligns with what we've heard from some recent guests that we found on the podcast. 
Yeah, I think the risk that I've seen, right, with the functional silo, uh, agile team approach is that part of what organizations are trying to achieve today is a closeness to the customer that, and then, you know, the ability to generate great insights around their customers so that they're doing the right things at the right time on behalf of their customer and creating value for themselves and for their, their customers. To do that, you have to look across function. And so to me, really to get the most out of Agile, you want to try and put these teams together across so you get that more holistic view. And you can only do that. You only have the personnel to do that in the large organizations, right? If you're a small kind of 10-person team, that's a lot harder to achieve than if you're a 60-person organization who has the resources to be able to put these task teams together against very specific when you, um, yeah, but when you're the when you're the five or ten person team, you have the advantage of okay, we're gonna have one team or two teams. Right. That's and you don't run into the sort of chicken and pig problem that when you get into an organization where there's maybe eighty people or a hundred people. Yeah. I'll cite HubSpot as an example. Mike Volpe spoke at the Boston meetup in a couple of years ago and was talking about as they got bigger, he felt like they were using agile less and less because of this. Mm. You know, you have so many parallel scrums going on that the scrum of scrums and the, that sometimes some of these functional specialists don't split very well across. You've got to design really well as you go to scale. I think it can become overbearing, right? One of the things our client recently asked us is how am I possibly supposed to go to all these sprint reviews? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you're not at that stage, right? What, what we often talk to folks about is there is a need when you get to that size for what we call active management, Mm -hmm. meaning we typically advise clients to hire a program manager for agile who can see across teams, understand what's working, what's not working, make recommendations to the business on how to change the greater structure, right? The greater approach while the teams Mm -hmm. are doing that themselves in their retros, right? They're, you know, constantly getting better at the team level. This is someone who's looking at how we get better at the marketing organizational level. And so, and I guess it comes down to people who just got to push down responsibility into the organization and decision-making it, you know, truly, I guess that's in the spirit of agile empowering the teams. It is. And it's the part that is most uncomfortable for people, right? Because they don't want to give up the decision-making or the power that they've had in today's world for what what's unknown tomorrow, right? So it's sure. it, it's a hard, you know, that's a hard part. There's that piece. The other piece that I think is really hard is truly getting teams to just change the way they think, especially around the customer perspective. I mean, we typically, you know, most of our clients use Scrum as a starting point, and they do it because for a lot for a lot of reasons one to break muscle memory having a bit more structure is beneficial mm-hmm. two you can always scale back the complexity it's harder to add it as you go <laughs> and three because it it forces some of the things that you that are hard to change like being truly customer focused and really thinking about things from your user's perspective instead of the company perspective, like 
having a time to really review not just progress, but d data. What are you learning? Mm -hmm. How do you need to change, right? It's How interesting. It's interesting to hear you say that it's harder to add practices. I, I'll share that I think a lot of the feedback we've gotten, or I've personally gotten from marketers, and I think we've heard from some of our guests on the show, is that it's actually, it can be challenging for marketers to start with Scrum, which is pretty prescriptive. Obviously, I mean, you can do a Scrum light, so to speak, but that it's my general advice when I talk to people who are trying to start with Agile is actually to start less prescriptive and to add practices as they need them because marketers, in my experience, are they're less process-driven. So it's, it's just interesting to hear uh, a counterpoint to that. You, you touched on a bunch of ideas that I think are, are worth just calling out. So, you know, I think this idea of organizing your Agile teams around a particular goal rather than a program or a specific campaign is really interesting. That reminds me a lot about the way that some growth teams are focused at companies where, you know, they the growth team might be focused on a very particular or specific objective. Another issue that you raised that I think I'd love to hear more from you about is you talked about these departments within a company, whether it's design, development, those big silos that exist. A company like Oracle, how do you see Agile coming in? Is it Are you actually doing rebuilds of cross-functional teams? Or are these virtual teams that are pulling, pulling people from these established organizations? Because in some place like Oracle, I think we'd have to start. I mean, that is kind of what we're doing is we're, we're pulling people from silos. I'm curious, the companies that you're working with, what are they doing? Yeah, they're, they're also pulling people from other functions. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of stakeholdering that needs to happen to get there, right? And, and to get people from other functions truly freed up to support what marketing is trying to achieve. I think a lot of our clients are at a place where they know they absolutely have to change the way they're working to be more customer centric and, and to, to manage the change. And a lot of the times, the biggest thing slowing them down is how they work with others. And so we are pulling folks closer into how marketing works and these agile teams by actually placing them on the teams in some cases or having more formalized points of integration with them. So for example, in financial services, compliance and legal are really major roadblocks in advancement of marketing and getting to market on time as our agencies. So some of the things that we're seeing in that industry are actually bringing agencies in-house, right? And having that be a lot more closer to home or actually having someone from compliance and someone from legal be more involved earlier in the campaign development process and even having some formalized prioritization meetings with them. So when things go to compliance, they actually understand marketing's priorities and can prioritize effectively their time. So it's, yep. it's, it's about really understanding where those pressure points are in the way the organization, the marketing organization works today with other parts of the organization in getting mm -hmm. their work to market 
and figuring out where you need to put in the right points of intersection, whether that be pulling them into the teams altogether or just having another way of, of integrating with those uh, stakeholders. So in these various accounts that you're supporting, I mean, what percentage of what percentage of the, the marketing team when you're done is is agile? <laughs> so all of them uh, is the is the end goal. So I'll give yeah. another example. Right. The typically we'll start with with piloting with a couple of teams, um, mm-hmm. just get the clients, get their feet wet and they get learnings. They're able to really scale the right way. And it's often not, a, I should, shouldn't say, it's often not 100% of the marketing department, meaning right. meaning it might be a group within marketing. So, for example, the, the financial services company I was just talking about, it's just their wealth marketing team. But it's all of their wealth marketing team. So it's not their retail banking side or anywhere else. Another client in telecom that we're working with, it's just their North America marketing team that has gone agile. So their global marketing team has not yet come along on the journey. But that being said, the goal is for the most part to get most of the organization involved. There's obviously some functions that may take longer to come on board. So just so we have a sense of scale, how big are those teams you're referring to? 60 to 80 people. Whoa, good size team. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I think, Roland, when you and I spoke earlier, right, we we often think of Agile as an operating system uh, for how, you, how, how companies should be thinking about it because there's the methodology component, which everybody is very familiar with, I think, at this point. But from my standpoint, the hardest part is the, the people, putting the right people on the right teams with the right focus right, of what they're trying to achieve, and then empowering them to go achieve it. Yeah. And that, to me, is the, the side that, that takes so much time and effort to really get right. And yeah. then, again, it's those, po- those intersection points of really how do you make sure that the bottlenecks that you're seeing today get removed. So, so just trying to pull out you know, or lead towards what might be a dominant design in the future of the way that Agile makes its way into the enterprise. You just described a situation in which you go in, you pilot with a team or a few teams. It sounds like the members of those teams are being pulled from the existing silos that exists within the company, and they get some work done, right? You said you got to sort of broker those relationships to get those members of the teams. That's right. What's the next stage in evolution? So now the company is sort of saying, hey, these teams are producing really good work. This is a preferable model, but it's still based on virtual teams. Where do you go from there? Yeah, and I think just to clarify, there are virtual teams. There's also some that are co-located, which is which also okay. has yep. benefits, right? So, so you do get both. It's a it's a hybrid, right? Okay, got it. But the the next piece, right, is then figuring out how to stand up the rest of the teams and which ones really need to live as these cross-functional more goal-oriented teams and which ones are more of what we call shared services for those teams, meaning they help multiple parts of the organization, not just marketing, get things accomplished and having making sure that that structure works. 
and standing those teams up. And then it's about this active management. It takes a while, as you guys know, having adopted in a, in a marketing organization, it takes a while to learn what's working, what's not working, to make the right modifications, to make sure that the right points of integration are there, to get folks' behaviors to change. So we, you know, we typically spend a lot of time with clients working on the focus of those teams and making sure that they are truly customer focused and how they're delivering and then the mechanics, right, of how they're delivering and getting the comfort level there with really working in an agile method and with the leadership team on helping to champion and drive that change, which is important. So we're kind of coming up on the 20 minute mark. And I just wanted to ask one last question before we jumped. Let's talk about results for a second. So these are pretty big initiatives. You've got bottom up, top down, C-level executives are hiring you guys to come in and do this. What kind of results are you seeing that make these executives happy to to happen to bring you guys in? Yeah, that's the payoff question, right? Yeah. (laughs) So several. I've had software clients who are thrilled with the level of engagement, understanding of the business, understanding of the customer, and and frankly, delivery against goals of their teams, right? One of our clients had said, I just am so pleased how Agile has helped my team think smarter. And I, I think that has a lot to do with a lot of people don't think about prioritizing from the customer perspective or the value perspective, right? Marketing is inundated with requests from sales and product and every part of the organization, and they're often reacting instead of getting to really focusing their time on the things that are driving the most value. And once they take that lens, then they see not only the performance, but the elevation of the talent in the team as well, which I think is really amazing, right? Because that's part of the, the point of it is if you empower your people and you get them operating well as a team, they'll make great decisions. And they do, right? So that's one. Another team, and it really depends what stage that you're in. A lot of times, first six months, you're really measuring, have we made movement in some of the softer things with Agile, meaning are we more customer focused? Are we more data driven? Do we feel like we have a better understanding of what we're trying to achieve? All of those, we see great KPI metric movements on within six months of teams starting working in the new way. The the performance metrics, and what I mean, the marketing performance metrics, so your ability to achieve the goals, those take longer to materialize. They're, they're usually a year, a year plus before you see really the, the financial benefit of moving to Agile. But the short term, you do see the ability to get to market faster, the effectiveness of the things that you're putting in and the learning, right? You're, you're actually seeing your organization and your teams learn, talk about those learnings, 
and figure out what the right strategic move for them is as a team based on what they're learning. So that's to say that there's sort of short-term movement that's really powerful and longer-term movement that, that's the end game of this, of, of getting you towards your financial performance goals as a marketing organization. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that insight. I think that idea of different goals for different stages of your, your agile implementation makes sense. I know we're running uh, close to time here, but I want to try and sneak in one more question because we haven't had that many people on the podcast who come from an agency background. And I think I'd be interested in, and I'm sure our listeners would be interested in hearing your perspective on the role that agencies have to play. And just as a backdrop for this question, I'd like to say it's like, it's a very hard time to be an agency right now. There's a tremendous amount of pressure coming from companies basically realizing that they need to bring this functionality in-house for them to own it and for them to actually be more agile. And so I think the other thing that's happening is that we see these major consulting companies, like the big ones. I know that you're coming from a, a smaller consulting company. You see these big consulting companies like McKinsey and Boston Consulting Group, they're starting to build out agile implementation teams as well to help their customers. And of course, they're, they're probably charging um, three times as much as the agencies did before. And so the landscape of talent that, can, that companies can work with to upgrade their practice is really shifting. I'm curious, from your work at a smaller consultancy, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, so I, I think I'll start with kind of part A, the, the agency side of things. I think you're, you're dead right. The agency world is tough right now. We've actually had several agencies contact us trying to figure out how to become more agile themselves, right? Because they're, they know that the benefit of a lot of the creative development and other things coming in-house is impacting their business. They know that that clients are frustrated with the amount, the length of time that it takes to actually drive things through agencies. And so I do believe that we will see more agile agencies come on the market or at least be promoted as such in, in the near future. Mm-hmm. The, um, the consulting world is, is really interesting to me. You know, we, so we started our journey with agile about five years ago and we're just now seeing the big guys out on the market. And so it's a testament to, I think, what all of us here on the phone are trying to do. It's a testament that there is no doubt that businesses and marketing organizations need to be agile. There's just so much change happening in the market that requires companies to figure out how to be able, you know, how to be able to react to it better, quicker, more efficiently, but also the customer, right? The customer journey and being able to, to drive at that in an effective way. Those that can figure out how to deliver the right insights about their customer and then deliver it agilely. Wow. That's going to be a great combination. So I know they're there, <laughs> I guess is the way to say it, but I think it's, it's good. It's just showing that organizations are paying attention, that they know mm-hmm. that this is a shift that's needed and that the models of today's world aren't going to be what gets them the growth they need as they go forward. And I have found through most of my conversations that conceptually people understand that 
the reality is it, it's much harder to do, right? Excellent. Well, Barry, thank you for joining us today. Just as a reminder to our listeners out there, the Marketing Agility Podcast is available on iTunes. If you haven't already subscribed to our feed, please do take a few minutes and uh, subscribe. If you have a story to share, uh, Roland and I keep kind of making this offer to people out there. You can reach Roland at rsmartly on Twitter or me at Tangy Slice. Also, if you like the podcast and you're enjoying it, please drop a review into iTunes. Those do matter. They do help. They do give us an endorsement from where they're at. And again, everyone, Barry, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Thank Barry. you. And I appreciate we'll, it. I look forward to seeing you at one of the future. I believe you're on the calendar coming up in the not-too-distant future in Boston, right? September. September. Great. We'll yeah. look forward to hooking up with you again and having a conversation. And You know me, mil, Mr. Million Questions in the podcast crowd. I mean, in the audience. So, <laughs> And Roland, another great podcast. Yeah, thanks, Frank. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And please uh, stay agile.